Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, April 25th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss exploding apps, deconstructing smartphones, and why social networking on a watch is a good idea. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello. Hello. How's it going over there? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, good. I'm sequestered in the basement with the dogs while Playdate happens upstairs, so hopefully they'll be reasonably mellow. Cool. Maybe we could get them playing Minecraft and then they'll be dead silent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, Cooper hasn't stopped talking about the uh, the Minecraft Playdate. <laughs> cool. I'm glad he had fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, it was super radical. In fact, last night I got the um, the I got a Fire TV a little while back and mm-hmm. o- ordered the. Uh, it, it comes with Minecraft. Yeah, and yeah, the, the Pocket Edition, I think. Yeah, it is. Yep. And uh, it's but it requires the sort of game controller thing, the Fire game mm-hmm. controller, which is you know basically like an Xbox controller. And it finally came last night, so I. Uh, had Minecraft up on the big screen. It was pretty pretty cool. Cool. But let me tell you, like, it's funny after um, after uh, you know what is it seven or eight years of multi touch interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's ridiculous how much harder old school methods were. Oh really? Oh, it's. I mean, you give like you give that controller to a kid. Yeah. And he's he's just like, what? yeah i just want to you know i just want to do that like that that yeah you know you just look (laughs) at the thing there's nothing intuitive about it at all i never really thought about that yeah me neither because i'm so used to it yeah exactly yeah he's like how do i how do i uh mine stuff and i I like i'm like pull the trigger he's like what you know i'm like i put it on the there's like four buttons on the front a million buttons on the top two joysticks a d-pad yeah so he's like, yeah, see, I, I, I never really thought of that about that because, like, you know, like you said, I I grew up with them, and Kira, Kira was using um game console controllers long before. I mean, she's old enough that she was well used to them long before we had touch devices in the house. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it was it was even the other night when we were playing on the computer. Repeatedly, Cooper was just out of frustration would just reach up and touch the laptop screen. Because he was trying to trying to mine something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so it. And even I like I'm like wow the 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 game controller is way harder than playing on the <laughs> iPad. It's way easier on the iPad. Yeah, it, that's interesting. Yeah, because I I find playing it on the iPad kind of frustrating because I'm like, can I just have a controller? <laughs> I see. I don't mind the keyboard and mouse combination. Yeah, that's that's easy. Like for yeah, some reason, once, just... you, once you've got a mouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I thought the trackpad would be easier because it's that's what he's used to. Mm-hmm. Like he's literally never used a mouse for anything. Mm. And, but, uh, I couldn't believe how fast he took to the keyboard and the mouse way faster than the game. He just put the game controller down. He's like, this thing's stupid, <laughs> you know? And plus it's a little too big for his hands, which doesn't help. Yeah. Th- yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I prefer, I prefer a keyboard and mouse combo. Yeah. Me too. But it, that's pretty arcane too. I'm like, press the W. <laughs> What? <laughs> so, dear listener, this relates to you, believe it, it or not. It does. Yes, because I am sure that you will be building interfaces for a TV, and the uh, the TV can be driven by the game controller, even the regular user interface for the TV. So, uh, if you make some kind of app for Android, uh, you will probably someday, I would say the chances are relatively high that it will end up on either a Roku or a, a Fire TV or something like that, um, where, you know, you have to rethink your, oh, wow, I built this, I built this interface without thinking about two joysticks, a D-pad and (laughs) two triggers. (laughs) So... You know, like which one's the enter, which one is tab, which one does what, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Like, how do I search? <laughs> how yeah. do I input text? I was just going to say, what about the keyboard, you know. 
Yeah. Now, doesn't doesn't the uh, Fire TV have voice search? It does. Does it work? It works great. Awesome. I was yeah. going to ask you what you thought of it. It's it's comparable to the Roku three, mm-hmm. and and I that's a that's high praise because the Roku three is amazing. Um, I recently got the uh, Roku Stick mm-hmm. because the Roku that we had in the uh, I've got like four different kinds of Roku Rokai. <laughs> Rokas. Rokai. I like that. Roken. Um, there you go. So the and I and the the stick I wanted because it's self-contained on the back of the TV, you just like jam it in there and you can plug the USB in right there too, so there are no wires right, visible. Right. But it's really slow. Mm. It's painfully slow. Um so we went back to the Roku 3 there. Roku 3 is super fast and it really makes a difference when when you're operating a remote control and you have to wait two seconds for it to respond, you're like, yeah, no. Yeah. Isn't oh, that, yeah. Not working. Because yeah. because then you're like, oh, well, I, I didn't, I must have, I didn't press, so I pressed, and then it starts going crazy. It's like you press it 10 times and it reacts like it takes 10 seconds for it to do it. And then you got to wait for yeah. it all finish. And... Yeah. <sighs> How can I be expected? <laughs> so See, it's, have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we have, we have the Apple TV in the living room, which, it gets used some, but not a ton. Yeah. And then you know, Kira's got a Roku. I think it's a Roku two. Mm-hmm. And it's I. I don't know. Part of me is like, uh, you know, I, I want the Fire TV, and then another part of me says, I don't need a a fourth platform on which I can play Netflix videos. You know, <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> we've got the we've got the uh, the Wii. <clears throat> the Wii U, which does Netflix, the PlayStation 3, which does Netflix, and the Apple TV, which does Netflix, all there on the same TV. Yeah, I mean, you can get Netflix on your washing machine. So, but with the with the um, the Fire TV, you can watch Amazon Prime videos on the big TV. Well, you can do that with the Roku, too. Yeah, but I don't have a Roku on there. So. Gotcha. So you get the app, right? You've got the Apple TV in the main area, right? And a- Apple TV, Apple TV doesn't have a player for Amazon Instant Video. They have Hulu, but not Amazon. Yeah, that's why I didn't say Apple TV when I said, "Dear listener, you'll probably end up programming for one of these because Apple's is closed and they're very snooty about the content deals that they have. So you're never going to be programming for that. Yeah. Um, I would be. I bet my bottom dollar that you will never have the opportunity to program for Apple TV unless you're an iOS oh, developer. Unless you're maybe. an iOS developer, right? Which you're not because you're smart, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Or if you are, it's not the only thing you're doing. Yeah, exactly. No, iOS is fine. It's just uh, it is. Well, it's just a closed platform. Yeah, you know my rant on that. So, um, hang on, I'm getting a cat attacked here. <laughs> oh, I heard that. <sighs> I thought you were drumming your fingers on the. No, this is the cat. I shoot him away for the moment. Nice. I'm sure that'll stick. Yeah, for all of two seconds. All right. So, geez, we're already jumping into cross-platform goodness. So, before we, we get too far ahead of ourselves. I didn't even talk about my new eyeball. <laughs> Did you get one already? No, no, I'm going in July. Oh, I was going to say. Speaking of new eyeball, I got your uh, cyber eye back in the mail today. Okay, cool. Yes, the uh, Google Glass good. arrived this morning. It was safe and sound? Uh, I didn't open it yet, but it looks very well packaged, so I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, well, it's I put it back in the same box you sent it in, so... Yeah, same, it's... Same packing and everything. So. Yeah, the thing's like ironclad. Yeah. weighs like five pounds, just the box. Yeah. Um, cool. So yes, I'll be showing that off with my friends and family who've been asking. Cool. They didn't believe you. Like, everybody wants can't to show you. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I lent it to someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when we were at the, the FedEx place dropping it off through the day and the guy was like, can you give me a product description or give me a description of what's in the box for the insurance? And I said, mm-hmm. it's Google Glass. And 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 then followed a ten minute discussion about Google Google Glass. Yeah. Was like, oh, how is it? Yada yada. Yeah. If nothing else, Google completely entered the mainstream consciousness with the yeah. marketing push for that. Yeah. Everybody like when I saw it on my new like twelve o'clock news, my local station, they did like a two minute piece on Google Glass a couple of months ago. I was like, wow. Yeah. Except I still find it nearly physically impossible to say Google Glass. Yes. <laughs> terrible name and you want to say google glass glasses when you're talking about you know programming for yeah it's just anyway or just google glasses which you can't do because that's a different thing and anyway yeah no i'm thinking of google goggles which is also difficult to say (laughs) 
That's like when they had Google Talk and Google Voice. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And they're like, let's just change to Hangouts. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, just called G Talk. Yeah, it's so confusing. Anyway. Um, okay, so we have kind of a lot of housekeeping this week, so we should probably jump into that. Okay. Uh, first, two corrections from last week's podcast. Some errata for your listening enjoyment. Um, first of all, Did something I, wrong? Uh, sort of. Um, I kind of slagged Werfel last week. Um, if you recall, we talked about um, doing sort of server-side user agent detection so that you could mm-hmm. send down customized markup and CSS and JavaScript. So you yeah. just said yeah. specifically. And Werfel was the first... This is going years, like five years, six, seven years ago, maybe. It was the first one I ever heard of. It's probably the oldest one. And they had been maintaining a database of mobile devices since going way back to the clamshell days. Uh-huh. So it's this massive database. And I was like, I was like, eh, it's like, it's hard to install. It's really slow. It makes your database, ba- your website backups huge because it's like gigabytes of data of XML. Uh-huh. So it's just like annoying for a bunch of reasons that, that are you know it's like it really sh- it works it doesn't not work but it, just, it takes a lot of configuration i don't know i didn't it's too fiddly for me mm-hmm. and someone um someone who listened to the podcast um pointed me to and i think it was actually someone from warful pointed me to uh warful.io which is a software as a service version of it ah yes so that is that's uh, a pretty attractive idea. And I think they've got that sort of standard model where you get like, you know, for non-commercial use, it's free. So many requests free or that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, people should check out Warful.io if they're interested in um, that sort of thing. Uh, someone also told me about something from uh, our friend, uh, our Pattern Lab friend. Um, uh, David, Dave Olson? Dave Mol- yeah, Dave M. Olson. I always want to call him Dave Molson. Um <laughs> Yeah, from Dave Olson, uh, who's DM Olson on Twitter. He had a sort of similar thing, uh, also based on Modernizer Server originally, called Detector.js. So people might want to check that out. Although he said that he, he tweeted back to me about it, and he said, "Oh, it was fun at the time. It could use some updating." So, <laughs> um, but it's on GitHub, so go check it out, and you can fork it, and I'm sure pull requests would be welcome. There you go. I think it's called Detector. Js, but I'll, we'll link yeah. to it in the show notes. I've heard of it, but I've never looked into it. Yeah, didn't realize it was his. Uh, yeah. I did not either. I was surprised. So then another on the same topic, I was talking about um, a a sort of similar thing that's kind of PHP and JavaScript combination. I Mm -hmm. was calling it what browser last week, but it's actually called which browser. Ah. What browser is completely different. (laughs) Um, So isn't isn't what browser, now that I think about it, isn't what browser the the site that tells you all of the details about your browser? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is handy if you're trying to... Good grief. Yeah, you want your user-aided string? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that cat is that like... Cat. I know. He's in destructive mood today. He's worse he's being, than the three toddlers. He's being louder than the children upstairs. Yeah, you read my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's very handy if you're working with a client, and, and especially remotely, and the client's like, oh, my website doesn't work. You know, this thing you built doesn't work on, on, my, on my browser. You can just send them to that, and they can send you all the information about the browser. <laughs> Yes, excellent. So you, know, so you know exactly what they're using. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, useful, certainly, but not the thing I was talking about. Yeah. So if people went to what browser, they would be confused. Um, so that's that. Uh, yeah, then I it, did, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I, did, I didn't even think about it at the time, but but yeah, you're right. <laughs> they're completely different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so a couple of other things to mention real quick. Uh, I don't know why I ended up in iTunes, but I noticed that we had seven five-star ratings in iTunes. Ooh. Actually, as of this morning, we have eight. Nice. Did you put another one in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I have a friend who started listening. <laughs> cool. So, dear listener, if you have not yet given us five stars in iTunes, please do. Uh, and if you don't want to give us, uh, if you want to give us less stars than that, then pretend you didn't hear about that at all. Yeah, don't don't actually rate us. Just email us and tell us why. Yeah, yes, please. Um, cool. 
so a couple little uh, couple little other things that uh, relate to older episodes. Yes. Uh, I, oh, you do have a lot this morning. Yeah, it's a lot of housekeeping. Um, it, I needed to relax the other. We've been like head down coding, so I took. It's been brutal. <laughs> it has been a lot of little teeny bug fixing, and it's just it's it's coming out great, but not yet ready for prime time. So we'll have to and hopefully announce that in the next couple of episodes. But it's been a lot of bug squashing. Mm-hmm. So I snapped the other day, and I had to take like an hour and work on something different. Yes. So I made a command line interface for Kilo, which is now my favorite way to interact with it. <laughs> <laughs> so long-time dear listeners will know that uh, Kilo is a calorie tracking application that I used for all of my demo work. And, uh, and I also use it all the time. So um, I never got around to creating a command line client for it. And I've been in, in the terminal so much lately that it's been annoying me like to have to switch context to, to just you know, put in like bagel or whatever. Yeah. Um, so now I just created a command line interface for it and it connects to the API. So if, if, if you dear listener are a Kilo user, you can, um, go to the repo and download it. There are sort of installation and usage instructions in there. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, but it's on GitHub. So, uh, if you want to, uh, fork it or make pull requests or whatever you want, um, please do. Cool. Want to check it out. Yeah, I'm still going to work on the I mean, I, I output, did check but, it out. I looked at the code yesterday, but I haven't actually tried it. Yeah, last night I put in another, I put in some more time last night and just did like help docs and refactored the code and stuff. So so I need to get back to the, the bugs though. Yeah, yeah, I had a bit of a light day yesterday because I'd worked like 14 the day before. But, yeah. And, but no, I didn't do anything fun. I kind of just like, slept. Stared at the ceiling. <laughs> oh, I, that was day four of my migraine. So, Ugh, that's the worst. <laughs> it was awful. Ugh. Um, I, I have one more, one more housekeeping. One, one more thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. one more thing. Uh, remember the Spritz API, yes. Spritz application? Yes. Uh, well, I, I did you apply for a developer? I did. Cool. So did I, and I got accepted yesterday. Nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, I. So, and this actually leads into the feature content for today, mm-hmm. but, uh, if you recall, dear listener, the spritz spritz is like a, a technology that streams text to you, uh, in a way that makes it extremely easy to read very quickly because you don't have to move your eye. So, uh, it's almost like the words are all stacked on top of each other and coming at you in three dimensions, you know, like, st- well, that's. That's that probably, be, that's more that's, confusing, but yeah, that, that's, a, that's a bad description. But yeah, it'd be really cool bad. if it had was a thing. <laughs> yeah. They don't actually zoom at you, but just in 2d, they just, the word changes in place and you can yeah. just read super fast. And, and it's, so one of the, there are a couple of really cool things about it. Um, but the one that I'm most interested in is the ability to say, create a, um, an application for like a smartwatch that allows you to read mm. long emails or blog posts, like say your Instapaper feed, you could, you could really easily imagine reading it on the watch and people, people will say, that's crazy. I would never read on my watch when I've got this wonderful phone. Yeah, but, but when um, you can read on your watch at 600 words a minute. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, while you're, while you're walking, while you've got the baby in the other hand or whatever, you just look down at your watch and you can see like, an email stream at you like way faster than you could possibly read it on your phone. Uh, Never mind to pull out your phone, unlock the screen, click on the notification, have it open, all of that stuff. You just, um, you just look at it on the, on the watch, press play and like zoom through the email. That would be great. Yeah. So reading emails. Yeah. So it's, it, it really, for people who don't use watches, this probably sounds like crazy talk. And in fact, that's the subject of the, the podcast this week. Um, but it's, I, I promise you that it's, it's a valid use case for anybody who does a lot of email, you know, wants to read their email. <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of times, like, like say I'll be out to lunch with friends because I I do that about once a week. Go out to lunch with friends and mm-hmm. you know I'll get emails and and some of them I need to respond to right away and some of them I don't. But it's rude to pull up my phone and blah blah blah. Yeah, there's it's you know if we're outside, you forget it. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like from in terms of social acceptability, looking at your watch is like 10x less rude than pulling out your phone when it beeps. Yeah, if I could take 10 seconds to read like a short email on my watch, Mm -hmm. like I would, I would buy a watch for no other reason than that. (laughs) Right. And so it's, it's, I I don't think it's going to work now that I have seen the API. I don't think there's any way for it to work on the watch, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. because you have to, you have to have a, you have to have the player. So I'm going to see if there's a way that I can stream the words from the, I, I might have to do it in a way that's that's aping the spritz concept, but doesn't actually use what they call the the player. They call it a uh, a reticle or something like that. Reticle. They have some made up word for the player. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because they they do the letter highlighting and all that stuff. Right, and that's a, a pretty important part of it, I think. But yeah. um, I'm going to see if I can kind of make a proof of concept i mean i'll try and use the api but it doesn't look like it's going to work i think i need to have uh it it looks like they're only set up to work with um basically javascript ios or android yeah so if you're doing something in for example like the programming an app on the watch requires c and if you're going to connect to a a web service you can through the through the phone but you're not I, i don't think you can actually render anything sort of through the phone as a proxy mm-hmm. you have to convert yeah. it into a message and then it gets inserted into a view on the watch so i don't i will see though yeah um that i was thinking about spritz just last night actually um do you know if they're player now that you have access to the api um i know it streams streams words at whatever configurable rate you set for it mm-hmm. does every word get the same amount of time or does it somehow intuitively give longer words slightly more time on screen it does do that it does yeah it puts them on different speeds yeah yeah like words have some kind of complexity rating and they stay on longer based on their complexity you can't really tell it when you're reading no it's just it's just tuned perfectly it's 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 amazing so people should check out uh i think it's spritz inc inc dot com and i still want one of those players on uh on wikipedia yeah, that'd be so cool. I really like the idea for for your Insta paper. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay, so shall we dive into the feature content? Uh, sure. All right. Well, <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, they're having fun. <clears throat> right over your head. Yeah. Doing laps. Yeah, it sounds like it. Kira, Kira, when when she was like, like one and a what, one and a half, and just learning to walk. Well, she learned to walk when she was nine months old. So, but anyway, mm-hmm. when she was somewhere around that that toddler age, where you know they're just running and running, and running constantly. Um, one of her favorite things to do. <laughs> she loved to play fetch. Fetch. Yeah, like I would throw a ball, she would run and get it, bring it back to me. Awesome. <laughs> like, like, and I remember one one time I was I was so sick, like all I could do was lay on the couch and throw the ball. Mm. And she entertained herself this way for like two hours. It was ridiculous. And Richard came home and was like, "What are you doing? Like, playing fetch with the kid?" <laughs> yeah, children's capacity to endure repetition is unbelievable. It is. It is. They just don't get sick of stuff. No, I I have I have um, serious issues with repetitive, particularly repetitive noises. Oh yeah, like they will, they will send me into like a murderous rage after <laughs> after about twelve seconds. <laughs> like mechanical, or if someone's like at the at the table next to you drumming. Like anything, anything yeah. rep- Like if it if it has some change to it, like rainfall or something like that, mm-hmm. not a problem. But mm-hmm. if it's just the same thing over and over and over yeah can't can't do it you'd love our baby swing (laughs) (laughs) can't do it yeah um okay so so segueing along from the spritz conversation um i said something on twitter along the lines of uh, well i can tell you exactly what i said as a matter of fact you got into another twitter slap fight yes this was this is a slap fight update so, you're so good at, at, at instigating those. Yeah, this one was pretty civil. 
Um, the, it was. The person involved was uh, Charles Arthur, who's the tech editor for The Guardian. It was a slap fight among gentlemen. Exactly. Well, he's he's in the UK. I assume he's English. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So I, pr- I tweeted that uh, productivity, fitness, social networking, and audio playback apps on iOS, Android should strongly consider releasing Pebble Companions. Mm-hmm. And my reasoning there is that, um, uh, you know, Pebble announced last year that they sold 400,000 watches and that they're on track to double revenue this year. So let's just say they sell another 400,000. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking like... Uh, a million probably but let's just be conservative and, and say like a bunch of them are left in a drawer somewhere you got like five or six hundred thousand active pebble users mm-hmm. and that's a that's you know if you're like an indie developer that's a decent market and yeah, so, so now if i'm a pebble user or, or if i'm a, so so let's say i'm a i'm an indie developer and i've got a productivity app or a fitness app or a social networking app or whatever or, or a podcasting application uh, that has audio playback, anything like that. Now, as a if if you then add like a, a Pebble app version of that, so like um, Mike Mamoff, he's got Player FM, which is which is my favorite Android podcast application. Mm-hmm. If he released like uh, Player FM for Pebble, you better believe I would like that's the only podcast application I would ever consider using, like from <laughs> now on, because of yeah. like. Like, why would I use, you know, if, if I'm a, I'm a Pebble user, I have, I'm an Android user. Why would I pick any it's other right podcast? It's on your wrist. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I can stop and start it right there. It's, it's like, it's great. So, um, anyway, so that was my reasoning is that it would be a differentiator for people who have already released those kinds of apps because there are millions of apps in the app, in the regular, like phone app stores. Yeah. So it seems like a strong differentiator to me. And a, lo- and a lot of them are, are there's a lot of apps that do the same thing, you know, so it's a good way to stand out. Yeah. The differences are getting more and more subtle. So, uh, okay. So I tweeted that. And then like this guy, Charles Arthur immediately tweeted back, uh, that that was a terrible idea because of the screen size. Yeah. Because the screen's too small to be useful. But you know, he specifically called out social networking and email on Pebble is a terrible idea. Screen too small to be useful. And I was like, you know, and I get, and, and then we got into this, back and forth that I'm not, I'm not going to read, but, um, I basically told him that he's, he's imagining, and this is what I, this is what I'm hoping to, to impress upon the dear listener Mm -hmm. is that yes. Like if you took Facebook from the phone, display it on a watch screen. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Of course that's ridiculous. And it was almost like he was thinking that's what I was implying but but that's not it at all and my my sort of right. reasoning my logic for it is like you know anybody that tried to shoehorn their desktop website or web application or big full-size desktop application into a phone failed yeah that's why we have media queries and responsive design yeah it changed the whole industry the phones changed yeah. the whole way that we developed software for screens so you know so the we reimagined the desktop versions for the phone and by, you know, it's the same exact thing's going to happen for the watch. We're going to reimagine the phone experience for the watch. Yeah. It's, it's taking the same sort of approach that Google, 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 that glass has. <laughs> Google, 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 Google glass. <laughs> I feel like I like revert to an infant every time. I, Google, 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 yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like you're starting to gag or something. I know it does. It's the same, the same sort of approach that glass took. Exactly. And I think the card metaphor is going to be a, a long lasting one for these smaller devices that have more limited interaction options. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it is. Uh, they're, they're definitely hammering a heart like Android Wear is all about the mm-hmm. cards. Yeah. And Google now introduced them and the card idea on your phone. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, it's great. It, it's funny because it translates the card metaphor translates wonderfully to, um, to larger screens. To yeah, it, it works in a lot of places. Um, so anyway, um, and so the thing that the thing that I'd like to you know for skeptics of the watch or people who look at them and say, oh, I don't need that. Um, I I want you to imagine that everything is going to be different. Like first of all, they're not going to replace phones. Yeah. The phone, the phone has one feature that makes it more awesome than any other device 
computing device that I can think of. It's got a built-in connection to the internet. Mm-hmm. And as much as I wanted like a watch that connected directly to the internet, I want like all my peripherals to connect to the internet directly and not have to go through a proxy device. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that I don't want to be paying AT&T for like 17 accounts. Yeah. So I'd rather have one and if it's, you know, and it's going to be my phone cause I already have it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, this is, this is funny. My, my, my husband who does not carry a cell phone. Wow. Because he claims to have no need for a cell phone, <laughs> um, said to me the other day that if he had a watch that he could use in conjunction with the cell phone and and like see the 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 basic important useful stuff on the watch, mm-hmm. that yeah he would totally start carrying one. But he just doesn't want to you know have to deal with taking the phone out and blah blah blah. Oh wow! So the phys- it's the physical thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's like like he doesn't he doesn't see that he has enough of a need for it to 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 fool with all of that. Mm. But if he had a watch on his wrist that he could just glance down at. Yeah, interesting. So that's so that's kind of getting at something that I I feel is inevitable, mm-hmm. which which is that um, when it's just going to become more prominent. This has already started to happen, but it's going to become more prominent. Um, that the features that are inside of a so let's just say social networking app, there's a million features in there. Yeah. Like if you pick if you pick Facebook, you've got like um, instant messaging, you've got you know status updates, you've got photo oh, and video uploads, discussions and chat. Yeah, you and and likes and poke. I probably don't do pokes anymore, but you have all of these things that are that are that are this. It's like this monolithic application. Like pieces of those func of of that functionality make t- way more sense on a watch than they do I- even in a phone. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you think of like Foursquare is my favorite example, which I consider a social application. Um, being able to check in on your watches like has made me start using Foursquare yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, and you know what else would be great? Um, if n- not with like a pebble with the e-ink, but if you had a nice Android Wear watch with a nice color display or something, Instagram would be perfect. Instagram, really? Yeah, I think so. So what would you? You'd get a stream of like updates from people, and you could like it or whatever. Yeah, I see. Like you would just get it pop up on your watch, and someone posted Instagram, and you could. Yeah, I mean any like anything it, or, that yeah. anything that shows up, especially on the Android Wear ones, anything that shows up in your notification drawer in mm-hmm. Android is perfect for a watch. Yeah, because it's already small. It already has like one you know, zero to maybe three possible actions that you can take, uh, and it's just like perfect. You know, yeah. just like you know, can that was another thing. He was like, e- "It's stupid for email," and I'm like, "That's because you're thinking about composing a message on your watch." I'm not suggesting that. Yeah, you just want to look at it and see if it's something you need to read now or if you can just archive it for later. Yeah, exactly. So I literally just want the sender, the subject line, and as much of the messages you can show in an archive button. Yeah. And, you know, and, and an ability to scroll to the next one. And it's like, that's it. So I can just be like, oh, archive, 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 next, next, next. So they get marked as, as yeah. red or whatever. And then, you know, boom, out of there. It's It's so fast. And so there's a bunch of... Uh, there's a, I, I, there are a lot of reasons why I think the watch are, is so much more convenient than the phone. Mm-hmm. And everybody argues this with me, but I swear it's true, From at least from my, you know, just anecdotally from my experience. So, like, I have, I have you know, a lock, a lock set on my lock screen, whatever. I have my lock screen mm-hmm. active on all my phones. And, if, and, dear listener, if you don't, you are crazy. Yeah. Because your whole life is in that phone if you use it like the average person. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not actually physically on the phone, if you're logged into your accounts, you know, if if your life your life may be in the cloud, but your phone is just like oh yeah, no access to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any content on my phone really. It's just like a doorway into my entire business, my entire personal life. Exactly. Yeah. Same way. Same thing. Yeah. So I would be. I'd rather lose my all my credit cards or something. You know, it's like, it's like it's it, that would be horrible. It, ha, it in fact once I did lose my I thought I lost my phone, but I hadn't actually. Mm-hmm. It was in my jacket, which I left in the car, and I was like freaking out. That's when I started, and I had no lock screen on. It was like oh. early, early days of iPhone, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to call all my customers and tell them that someone has my phone. 
So don't respond to any messages from me unless, you know, like, what do you even do? Yeah. You know, it was like, uh, you know, what's, you go through my email, they could find passwords to anything. They could reset anything. It was, it would be a disaster. So, yeah. so like you if you're, have if you're to, not locking your phone, you're bananas if you're not locking yeah. your phone. Yeah. So, but oh, oh, I should, I should get my NFC. We should get the, the NFC rings next month. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and so on the lock thing, like when I'm on my home network, it unlocks. So I don't have to worry about it at home. But point being, make a long story longer, when I'm out and my phone beeps, if, you know, if I don't get it out fast enough or, you know, the notification has gone off of the lock screen, I have to, like, open it up, you know, unlock. Punch in the password. Pull it out, punch in the password, pull down the notification drawer, look at all the notifications because I don't know which one just Mm -hmm. buzzed. Scroll to find the one, tap on it. Then that application has to launch just so I can find out if it was important. Yeah. So now I'm in there and now there you've got all the distractions of your phone. So, that, and that's like a separate thing. But now on the watch, the, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think you need a lock screen for the watch. It's, no, it's I, I physically so. strapped to you. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing. The other thing is you can... You can, uh, at least with some of the newer devices, you can, um, I don't know if this is more secure for the watch or for the phone, but you can have your, your phone like unlock if it's Bluetooth to the watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, presu- I noticed, I noticed that when I synced Google Glass. That's all folks. I noticed that when I, when I synced, sunk Glass with my it's, uh, phone. It's, the proper word is sanken. Sanken. Yeah. <laughs> when when glass was sinking with my phone, it said, "You can have this device unlock your phone." You need to turn on, yeah, trusted device. Right. Yeah, yeah. Trusted device support. So you would think that you could you could go the other way. Although I haven't seen this feature yet, where the when the the phone and watch are not near each other, neither one works. Well, the the watch isn't going to work anyway because it has to have the Bluetooth connection to your phone to do anything. I, yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends on how much it does. I don't know. I, I suppose that's true. Um, like, what what would it depends on how much data is cached on the like because someone could have the Pebble Watch on their watch itself, yeah. yeah, and then just pair with my watch, and then like, what does the watch know? I'm not sure. If it knows nothing, then great, it doesn't matter. It's useless. But okay, so the so what's the point? So the point is that that. The applications that we're now thinking of so much, you know, like mobile phone applications are still a collection of features that not all of which are best suited to the screen of the phone. Like some of them are better suited on a watch and some of them are better suited on a a desktop machine. Like I'm sure, I'm sure you have this experience where Mm -hmm. you'll do tons of stuff on your phone. But then there are certain things that you're like, I'll wait until I get back to my laptop to do that. Right. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, there's tons of things I'll do on my laptop. And I'll think, well, I'll wait until I get back to my desktop to do them. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at every level, there's something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my computer all day, but I still, I still pick up the phone to do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially like if I'm in a terminal window, I've got my editor open and I've got like a, a dozen files spread out there across my desktop being edited and things like that mm-hmm. and and then i or i'm i'm watching log files and i'll get an email so like, oh, I'll, I'll just pick up my phone and, and see mm-hmm. exactly rather than tabbing back to the email yep yeah because you don't want to get lost in what you're doing but even but some things even if you were just hanging out on your computer like chilling yeah <laughs> <laughs> um like if i was going to post a picture to twitter i of course i'm going to do it for my phone right you're not going to take it on your phone and then you know, send it to your computer. Yeah, like what would you even do? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're going to, um, oh, I don't know. There, there's plenty of things like uh, instant messaging I can do in Facebook uh, on the desktop or the phone, but I always reach for the phone to do it. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you why. I don't know. Oh, you know why? Because there's stickers in there and I like using oh, okay. the stickers. <laughs> but it's also, it's just more convenient. Oh, yeah. here's another yeah. big one. Here's another mm-hmm. big one. I, I've been using uh, voice typing so much on the yeah. phone that now I want it on the computer. Yeah, that's another thing. I'll do instant messaging a lot on the phone just so I can do the voice typing. Yeah. And that can occasionally go horribly wrong. Just ask my 11-year-old daughter. But 
<laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, so I guess, I guess we're sort of beating a dead horse at this point, but I, I'm, uh, at the end of the day, the point another is, day older, sorry. that's true. And none the wiser. Sorry. I don't have a lot of useful things to contribute to this episode, so I'm just sitting here making jokes. <laughs> no, it's true though. It's like you, I mean, you've experienced this and like the story you just told about Rich is it's it's the same thing it's like yeah like the the when you think about building an application it in the past it was like you'd picture screens and then when the phone came out mm-hmm. it was like oh like how my which screen do i picture like which one's the real application yeah and that's when we started being like api is a real application and mm-hmm. the screens are just the screens those just, that's just one kind of output when you look at things that are, you know, w- like we were talking about before, D pads yeah. for the TV or game controllers for the TV, yeah. like like these are these are just just methods of interaction for some kind of ubiquitous uh, out there in the cloud somewhere app. <laughs> yeah, it's like a collection of features that can be interacted with with a like a wide variety of input methods and have a wide mm-hmm. variety of output methods. Yeah, and and like Rich, like the the few things that he would want to do on a phone. Are better suited to a watch, <laughs> right? Yeah, totally, totally down with that. And so I imagine from a from a, from a software standpoint, that'll go first. Like the, from the software standpoint, mm-hmm. applications will just explode into their component features and be distributed to the devices where they make the most sense. Right. And then I think what'll happen next, and this is farther out, is that the the devices will explode, and we'll get the component parts so that we can get the best one. Of just the part we need and not in like the the phone itself will get unbundled yeah so we'd have like a killer cellular <coughs> connection kind of like a mi-fi mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with, a, with a big battery that powers everything yeah big honking battery that you just leave in your bag and uh you know until that's small enough that you can keep it in your pocket but it's not going to yeah. be for a little while so you get like a mi-fi in your bag and you've got um a, a maybe either uh i don't want to get too sci-fi but then you've got like a, a touch screen interface that's like could either be like pro- probably be in the ipad mini size range mm-hmm. that doesn't have you know ipad mini doesn't have a cellular connection it would connect to your mi-fi and you'd have a watch that would also connect to your mi-fi or you know depending on how si- sophisticated the watch is like google glass connects over wi-fi it doesn't have to go through a phone yeah. There is a configuration app for the phone, but you don't need it. Like you can go through just Wi-Fi directly to the internet. Yeah. Um, presumably the, see, I'm not sure if the, because of the battery life, what'll happen uh, with the watches. Um, the battery life sucks on the Google Glass, so I wouldn't be surprised if the watches did not have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the point. Like all of the, the all of, like right now a cell phone is like a huge bundle of sensors uh, and battery and, and input and output. Yeah, it is. It's, it's got all kinds of sensors on. Yeah. There's like 15 different sensors. There's like, I think six different radios. It's crazy. Yeah. Like GPS and gyroscopes. and Yeah. Magnometer or magnetometer or whatever it's called. So uh, ambient light. There's a million, it's a million. Accelerometers. Yeah. Microphones, yeah. of course, camera, two cameras. Oh, not just one, but yeah. two cameras. So the concept is I, the, I see a future where we just have a bunch of input and output components mm-hmm. that talk to each other wirelessly, hopefully not over Bluetooth because it stinks, but, uh, but over something and, uh, and you know, and the, the big components you don't have to pull out because they're in your bag or whatever, or eventually they get so small you don't care. But the phone is just too, is too bundled. There's too much. I feel like there's too much in there for it to do, um, to do certain things amazing. Like there's plenty of room for improvement on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's great for doing everything in a small package, but I feel like you could distribute those and, and get a better experience for some of them. Yeah, exactly. And so there's this, there's this, um, there's a, something called, I think it's project ARA, A-R-A from mm-hmm. Google, which is a, uh, it's basically like a, a phone that has, little mo- like physical modules that slide in and out mm. so you can replace the cpu or you can replace the microphone or you know there's a slot where you could either put in a uh something that a sensor for the humidity or ambient light or you know it's like uh 
it's like uh, swappable plug and play physical components. Yeah. You can put a new screen on it. Uh, so you don't have to get rid of, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not really a, it's like a Lego. Yeah. It's phone. like Legos. Exactly. It is like that. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's not the coolest looking phone ever, but it's kind of cool. And, um, and they are working hard on it, but this is the kind of thing I see like where, where you just have the stuff you need for the specific thing. And then you can kind of like scale up or scale down, depending on what you're doing. Like if you're going out to dinner, you don't need to bring all that crap. But if I'm going down to the Starbucks to work, then, you know, I bring a different amount amount of crap. Right. Like if I'm going out to dinner, all the only thing, like, I don't even want to get phone calls. I just want my kid to be able to instant message me if she's not with us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then people are like, well, but I don't want to charge all of those things. And I'm like, they all charge wirelessly. You just throw them Mm -hmm. in your bag and plug in your bag when you get home. Yeah. That would, I want that. That that would be awesome. So anyway, I think I I found a, saw a neat, um, a neat Kickstarter earlier this morning. I was browsing around. It was for, um, it's a, it's an, it's another Arduino one, which seems, there seem to be a lot of Arduino things on, on Kickstarter. Um, but it's for, uh, printed, it's called print Two. It's flexible printed circuit boards for the Arduino. And you could like, oh, you could sew those into a jacket or, or they show them on, they show them like, like wrapped around product packaging and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, I've also seen flexible batteries. Yeah. It's like a long, it's like a, it's like a sheet of battery. Yeah. There was another one there for flexible solar cells and. Yeah, that's a big deal. Like, it sounds like, oh, why would I want a flexible phone? It's like, that's not the point. Like, yeah. <laughs> first of all, you would, because you're crazy. <laughs> no, I don't want a flexible phone. I don't even want a curved phone. But the... the No, but like, but like, if I could have flexible solar cells sewn into the panels on my, like, my messenger bag. Exactly, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would kill. I've seen yeah. messenger bags with solar panels, but not flexible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's crazy. So the, 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 the message is the same as it always is, which is like, don't think about your interface as your app. Think of the API as an app, like the command line interface I did for Kilo. It took me like no time at all. Cause yeah. I, it, it was like, I have the, the API is already the set API. up. Yeah. It is like, just, just write a bunch of curl commands and decide how you want the interactions to happen. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard floppy doggy ears. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I've got. I'm sequestered with the butts yeah. downstairs. Elvis has those big ears too, and he shakes his head. It just like a helicopter taking off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, folks, we will link to all of these things in the show notes, including yes. the exchange between uh, myself and Charles Arthur, um, which I didn't do it yet. But I'll make. By the time you hear this, I'll make a storify. It's pretty. I mean, he has point. He has points, but I think mm-hmm. he's. I mean. If he wasn't the tech editor, I would be a little more forgiving. <laughs> but, but it concerns you. Yeah, he's like, he's like the he he even used the phrase like, uh, it'll never here it is. Screen resolution isn't good enough to make it a winner, and so it just like implies that he's thinking in terms of winners and losers, which isn't the way it's going to work. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I don't know if he was just assuming that I was implying something that I wasn't or whatever, like watches are going to take over from phones, which I don't think, I just think things are going to continue to explode into their component parts. No, I mean, if anything, you're going to have this, you're going to have a phone like thing and then everything else is just going to like enhance and augment that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I could get, so the the problem with going pure MiFi Mm -hmm. is that you can't get regular phone calls. That's the only bummer. Because there's no, like, there's no, that that's it. Yeah, you'd have to be able to, if you could run Skype, then you paid for, like, a Skype in number, you can do it that way. Or Google Voice. Uh, does that, I guess that works. There's a reason why, I see, I've tried this, though, and there's a reason it doesn't work. Ah. I can't remember what it is right now, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like, when I look at my, when I look at, like, a, a phone now, like my, uh, my, uh, the Nexus five. I'm like, why is there this huge screen sucking battery away from my, my fi That's my connection. I don't need it to, you know, anyway. Yeah. I think we'll get there. So the idea of course is to prepare for like the fragmentation, like the fragmentation we have now is a joke. It's nothing. Yeah. So I'm, 
I'm excited for for things like the MetaWare and mm. yeah, they they hit another one of their stretch goals and have added more sensors to the project. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I think I packed that one. I think you did. Yeah, it's like the thirty five bucks for, and you get the the MetaWare and all the, the extra sensors for the stretch goals and all that stuff. So it's yeah, cool. All right, so that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye.